So here's what we know then. Liverpool have scored more Champions League goals than anyone this season. Harry Kane is the first player to score nine goals in his first nine Champions League games. And Premier League clubs have scored more goals in Europe's finest competition in the last two days than the previous two seasons. But what haven't we heard enough about? How about the referee completely bottling the booking of Neymar for a second time? Probably that and more coming up on the Totally Football Show. I'm Caroline Barker, sitting in for James Richardson, who's off trying his giant slalom or whatever it was described as a few moments ago. Maybe we'll get more of that from European football journalist and broadcaster. The two aren't mutually exclusive, possibly. James Horncastle. That's me. Thank you, Caroline. Now has his own show this week. For one week only. You're yeah. a fraud. You're such a fraud. Let's, let's underline that for one week only. Uh, alongside him, but separated by the rows between the two thorns, French football journalists, the two are mutually inclusive. Are they not? Julien Laurent. Bonjour. A former Premier League keeper. Premier League as in Keflavik. Is that how I say it? Turned yeah, journalist, <laughs> David Priest. Oh, that's the biggest build-up I've ever had. Yeah, I've dropped the Keflavik early. In talking of build-up, I've rooted something out special just for you because it was Valentine's Day, you know, that commercially insensitive day of the year. Did you ever read Buffon's poem to his goal? I did, yes. Oh, yeah, so was... you don't need me to read it. Oh, no, you can do it. Please read it. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's worth the second, uh, second listen. I don't think I've got the tone. I have dro- <laughs> I've dropped the Essex flat vowels. Uh, I won't read it, but Jen you can Russell look it up. There's a very good impression of Gianluigi Buffon. Really? Yeah. You have to speak Italian, though, to get it. Otherwise, <laughs> you don't. What, who's saying we don't all speak Italian? Well, I mean, he's just got a very loud kind of... Banana. But, yeah. <laughs> there you go. What was that? The Italian for banana? No, that was, that was I'm very well, thank you. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, clearly, as I understood that. Should we start with Juve then, two, Spurs two? I mean, that one was a tiny game, wasn't it, Jules? Nothing to talk about? Insignificant small yeah, game. Yeah, not much. <laughs> I was, I mean, James, James will probably explain it better than me. I was a bit surprised how Juve, I know that's what they do. They did it against Napoli when they scored early at home and then sort of, played much deeper and controlled the game like that, very defensively. And I did think maybe they played deeper a bit too early against Juve. I think they, they against Spurs, sorry. I think they had Tottenham on the ropes already after two goals so early. And maybe if they pushed on a bit more, could have been different. All that said, I still think that if they'd taken their chances in the second half, penalty included at the end of the first half, and in the second half as well, because they had, you know, they had options on the counter-attack, it would, could have been a very different game. But... Well played to Spurs and especially Moussa Dembele, who for me put out the best individual performance we've seen all season for every club, every player, Messi included, and all of that. Man of the match the last three games, I think, from yeah. Dembele. Right, you can explain it better than James. <laughs> Look, when I first saw the Juventus starting 11, I thought, wow, he's really going for it, Massimiliano Allegri, because it was a very attacking formation. And that's why I don't think when they took the lead, they made the decision to just sit back and basically soak up all the pressure and try and hit Spurs on the counter. I think what Allegri said afterwards is that it wasn't a choice. Spurs did that to us. We could not do anything about it. I think that's great credit to Spurs, um, who not only for the character that they showed in coming back from 2-0 down, but for playing like the home side for long spells in that game, dominating in that game. And Juventus did not have any answers. And look, there are people making excuses for you in the press conference afterwards saying, well, you're missing Matuidi, you've had to change formation, you couldn't play the three in midfield that you wanted to, you were missing Dybala, you didn't have the other players on the bench uh, who, you know, you could go then go three at the back. But Allegri wasn't hearing any of it. He was like, Spurs were the better team tonight. Mm. 
he thought Juventus played well because, as Jules mentioned, they had the chance to go 3-0 up, they had the chance to go 3-1 up. I don't think that should be forgotten. But Spurs were brilliant, and this their evolution in Europe this year has is, is breathtaking when you consider that they got knocked out of what would be seen as a favourable group last year, um, much more favourable than the one they got this year. They get four points from six against Real Madrid, they beat Borussia Dortmund, they then go to Juventus, they come back from 2-0 down. There's not really much more you can ask of this Spurs side. Um, so, you know, Jules mentioned Dembele. I thought Eriksen was fantastic on the night as well. I thought Ali and some of the runs he made was, was, was caused them problems. And yeah, as Eriksen was saying afterwards, yeah, when he first joined the club and they went two 0 down that early, they crumbled. Um, they used to lose, you know, regularly four, four, six nil. And he said, yeah, this shows just how far this group has come. And so I think, you know. Rather than pointing out where Juventus could have done better, we just have to take our hats off and say, actually, David does have a hat here, which I could take <laughs> off. You know, He's and, already done it. Um, <laughs> and say that was magnificent Spurs. Uh, that's the kind of giver that you are, David. Well, uh, although you'd probably like to give some stick maybe for one before. This is it. It's it's kind of like sacrilege. Even though when I was tweeting at the time, it sort of my finger hovered over the the, the the send button just because I didn't I didn't really want to do it. But you have to question both goals, especially the first one. It's very unlike Buffon. He's uh, he always sits deep in his goal. He'll always back himself against a striker, even a striker like uh, Harry Kane, and he just made a rash decision to come out. And, and in the end, it was it was. Nelton or something really was it he, he, he didn't come and engage he didn't when he when he did get there he didn't slope and try and slow him down and he made it very easy for Harry Kane and with the second goal as well you have to be critical because he, he's looked at Ericsson and he's thinking he's going to go over the wall and he's trying to creep to his left and Ericsson makes him pay the price and this is what's uh, got to me a little bit that if he'd done his homework he would see that Ericsson is very capable, especially coming in on the from the left side of whipping in the near post. He's always trying to uh, test goalkeepers, like Azar did uh, on Monday night, trying to uh, you know making out he's going to go one way and then just whipping inside. He's got that capability. Stunned you into silence, Jules? No, but I I, I agree, and I, I, you know why we we've we've had a debate with James a long like many times about Buffon, and is it the Chesney has done so well, so well every time he's played this year that. Is it the year too many for Buffon? On clearly on Tuesday for me it was. Uh, there's that save on the Hurricane header. It's more Hurricane missing that header than Buffon saving it. Mm. There's a shot from Hurricane that he couldn't even catch. That the ball bounced okay in front of him, but that's something he should catch every single time. And instead, he, he, I don't know how you say in English, but he spilled it exactly. And he was like, "What? What's going on?" And you know, it's, he should be the one that makes the rest of the team so confident, so solid. And instead, I'm not sure what Benatia and Kelini were thinking, but they were surely not thinking nothing we were going tonight because it was so shaky. I the first goal does come from Chiellini anticipating the play, coming charging out, trying to win the ball. I think off Ericsson. He does initially, then he slips. He and that's where, that's where that, I think, provokes Buffon to come out because all of a sudden they're, they're wide open. There's only Benatia there. And he thinks, I have to take the position that 
Chiellini but was. not like that. But stand, oh, no, stand tall. It's a wrong decision. Why he goes yeah, but, in like like a train, isn't he? But, but, and then it's easy. But he to... does stand tall. He doesn't go down. That was his. That that was his. Yeah, it, but it's it's kind of a. He just gives up on because he knows he's not getting there, and he pulls out because he he, he doesn't want to give away a penalty as mm-hmm. well. But the fact is, because of the type of keeper he is in the starting positions, he takes up very deep in his goal. He's not the type of keeper who's going to come and take that ball anyway. Mm. He's not. He's not like Lloris. Uh, the Buffett bowler says, uh, "Thank you, everyone. By the way, that's got in touch with uh, the Totally Football Show via social media. If Dembele was allowed to drive." have a tank on the pitch would he be more or less powerful uh, Ben says Ericsson and Dembele best midfield performance in the Champions League this week and Sai says is this summer going to be Pochettino's and uh, Daniel Levy's biggest test given the money rich vultures new stadium and wage demands how quickly we want to see the whole thing implode if well, we're not a Spurs look, I fan I think uh, nights like Tuesday night will give the manager and the players the belief that they're achieving something special and that they can go some some go to take Spurs to new heights and that I think would would heighten their resolve to to commit and to stay um so yeah I think that is a, is an, is another reason why performances like that are so important for Spurs so there's a, there's a bit of paper talk that, that Spurs are going to offer Pochettino a new deal. Telegraph saying it's going to be a five-year deal, 2016, worth 5.5 million a year to hang on to him. Also talk around where the players go next. Lamella, is he off to Inter Milan? Um, talk about maybe, and this is what happens, I guess, when, when some of these players stand up. And Juventus, apparently, have inquired about Jack Wilshire. That's the other side of North London. Shall we rock on, perhaps, then, to a win for Liverpool? 5-0 at Porto. So many stats in this, Jules. You can pick out anyone you want, or you can just say Liverpool. <laughs> Which is the noise that invokes from me. Yeah, I'm not sure I can I can make the same noise as you did, but this is what happened in my house last night. I couldn't watch PSG. I couldn't watch it live. My heart wouldn't take it. So I watched the first half of PSG, uh, and I recorded the Liverpool game. And then at halftime of PSG, I said, I can't do this anymore. So then I watched the whole Liverpool game. And only after that, knowing the, the final result of the PSG game, I watched the second half of PSG. So I watched all of Liverpool. And I, I big the, the Porto going into this game because I, I was really impressed by them when I saw them in the league, in the Champions League as well against Monaco. They, you know, they came out of a tough group with RB Leipzig as well and Besiktas. And I really thought they would do better than that. And they were just... Phew, destroyed I thought they started well and after that Liverpool was just when when they have that sort of movement up front you know even if if you try to put intensity on them if you try to be aggressive against them if you try to you know you know where the danger is going to come from and Porto knew that you know they're not a bad team I promise you they just they just couldn't cope and I think when it's not Salah when Salah only scored a worldie it's Mane <laughs> and when Firmino is not in his best day, he still scored a lovely goal. When James Milner starts and you think, Milner, really? He's like 100 years old? He comes out and maybe was even the best player on the pitch for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So they're incredible and Virgil van Dijk is looking stronger and stronger and stronger. So Porto's no Juventus, but he's a very Spurs-like performance as well. Yeah, I think uh, the maturity that uh, Liverpool showed on the night, again, was commendable. Yeah, a lot of people pointing out the uh, attacking stats that uh, Liverpool are, are putting up, but this is the, I think, third game they've gone away from home and they've kept a clean sheet, which, you know, given everyone keeps going back to, you know, are Liverpool solid enough defensively to to win something? You know, I think this points that the, this team is is coming together and, and moving in the right direction. David Priest, how old are you? 
41. So you've got a few years on the 32-year-old James Milner, who's who's been put (laughs) out to retirement. For for you, at at what point did you look at that Liverpool team and think, five goals in them? They've they've got every game, they've got five goals in them. And I think we talk about uh, how bad Porto were and how good Liverpool were. But when they break on teams like that... And uh, there's very little you can do defensively. That like the the little flick around the uh, inside by Firmino to to Salah. It, it's it's so difficult when you run towards your own goal and the the momentum's with the with the forward uh, side and they just it, it's it's always the same. It doesn't matter how fast you try to recover. The forwards are always got that run on you, and and it's so difficult even when you position yourself and you're just trying to recover. They, the way they passed the ball as well, it was just so clinical and so incisive. But that that, that point that Jules was making about. Van Dyke, what's he given? If you're a keeper who's who apparently both keepers have been decidedly dodgy well, up until he he walks in, what's he given to them? Well, I tell you what, there was one instant in the, I think it was in the second half where the ball was played into it was pumped forward into the Liverpool box. There was very little danger. It was going straight to Van Dyke. Um, Carius has come out, and it should have been an easy early call. Van Dyke just drops his head, leaves a ball, and Carries picks it up. But there must have been some sort of mis- miscommunication. Carries doesn't he arrives late, and all uh, Van Dyke does he just heads the ball away. There's no questions asked. He defends the ball first, and then they can argue about it later. And that's exactly what's been missing in the past with Lovren and maybe Minulay and Carries. That that would have ended up as a as a fumble. They would have got each other's way. It's his calmness that's spreading throughout the side. Now you look at somebody like Lovren. He's been criticised a lot. He's made his mistakes, but his biggest problem has been his uh, sort of his demeanour and the way that he handles uh, pressure. Mm. And you can see that sometimes when he's getting yellow cards or uh, he's chasing after the referee, and he totally loses it. And I think that's that more than anything, it's the way that Van Dijk uh, handles situations and handles pressure. That's what's spreading throughout the side, especially at the back four. And that's the difference. He's taking control of situations like that. That that point again about Porto's heaviest home European defeat. They were completely undone by this Liverpool side. Look, I mean they were missing some key players. Abubakar was injured. Uh, Danilo was injured. Felipe was suspended. But I would hazard a guess that even if all those players had been fit, Liverpool would have still ran out handsome winners. Maybe not five nil winners, but uh, the same questions that they asked them last night would still have been there mm. and you know I think there are very few teams in Europe um, that uh, would go into a, a game against Liverpool confident even at home of keeping a clean sheet just because of just because the amount of damage that those three can do I think there's a there's a lesson to be learned for uh, for Chelsea and Manchester United here if you look at both games uh, this week it's because of the attacking intent of both sides Pochettino's got to be given great credit because at 2-0 down okay you you've got another you've got another leg to uh, to turn things around but what do you do that at that at that moment do you try and get an away goal do you try and just defend and keep it down to two because it looks well, it should have been three so what do you do and and he's just he's stuck to his uh, his principles and, and it's worked out for him and same with uh, with Klopp it's they've put themselves in such strong positions and I think like I said it's a lesson to be learned for, for Jose Mourinho and equally what do you do if you're Porto or Basel now how do you approach that send that second leg send the kids for the second leg <laughs> right looks like they did first off at the Totally Show for your thoughts then uh, they're off for a break now at Liverpool I think they're off to Marbella as are we we're not but if you want to I'm up for it Valentine's Day is long gone and the FA Cup takes centre stage this weekend and it really doesn't get any sexier than Chelsea versus Hull Mm -mm. well with Paddy Power's money back special if you place a bet of up to £10 on the Friday night game at Stamford Bridge you'll get your stake back as a free bet if Chelsea win 
It doesn't matter if they wallop the Tigers 8-0, come from behind or edge it in the 90th minute. A win's a win and Antonio Conte needs one. T's and C's apply, so head to paddypower.com to find out more. Applies to losing goal scorers, correct scores and what's odds paddy markets only. Maximum bet is £10 and applies to the customer's first bet on the game. 18 plus only, be gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. This is the Totally Football Show in the company of James Horncastle, Julian Laurent and David Priest this week. I'd like you to rate them. We, we've done Spurs, we've done Liverpool, they they did for themselves. When you throw in Man City and their performance in, in Europe, Jules, how does that rank against the other two? Quite high, although it was only Basel, I'm sorry. I know they beat Manchester United, but... That was only Manchester United. It was only Manchester United and it was, it was in a group stage game as well and... I, I don't. I don't think there was anyone looking at this game before kickoff thinking, "Oh, yeah, City would might might struggle there. They might be." And okay, you know, I think Basel started well, and Oberlin had sort of a very good a good chance first. Stocker could have gone through one on one with Ederson straight after um, the first City goal, but they was just so good. I mean, I, I reckon if they want. They can play a giant rondo in a game, in a game, in a Champions League match against Basel. And if they want, they cannot not lose the ball for 10, 15 minutes. Literally, I, I swear, I, they could pass the ball to each other and not trying to score, just, just, just keeping the ball. Ses- yeah, just keeping possession for 10, 15 minutes. At that level, they're that good. Should we try that for the second leg? <laughs> I mean, I've just stiffed you with Manchester United. I've just stiffed you with, with Pep Guardiola too. <laughs> they, it, you, that old adage, you've got to beat what's in, in front of you. But they just look like they could put their foot down again, James. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They hit the accelerator straight away and got the job done as quickly as possible. And for a, for a team that is fighting on four fronts um, to, to be able to... to basically have the second half not off but basically you know make it into a training session is 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 the way to manage your resources in a in a what could be a historic unprecedented season mm. where city win every competition in in which they're in um and you know i think from from that point of view yeah you can say look it's basel they were always going to win that game but the manner in which they won it um will help them achieve their other objectives Mr Gribble says, have the English clubs got better in Europe or have the European teams got worse based on those those performances from the, the Premier League sides this week? I think the English teams are finally beginning to play to expectation. I think it's been the cause of some perplexion uh, in the on the continent that for all the wealth in the Premier League, for all the money, they've underperformed really since 2008. Even with Chelsea winning in, in, the Champions League in 2012, they haven't really turned up. Um, and now... Not only because you have five teams uh, in in the competition all making the knockout stages, there is this sense that you know, their time is finally coming. That you know, all of the kind of money that has been wasted on certain players, on certain managers, and um, more money hasn't necessarily made them smart. It's made them a bit stupid in some cases. Finally, they're getting it together, and you know you only have to listen to some of the managers of the other top clubs in Europe, from Juventus to Real Madrid to PSG, saying the Champions League is going to be harder this year because of the because of the English teams finally getting it together, because of all these great managers being in their second or third season, because they've had a couple of transfer windows to build the depth, get the first team where they want it to be, and yeah, you know, the great thing about this match day from an English point of view, all three English sides go away from home and they get seven points from nine. It's uh, and, and they're all playing this week because they top their groups. It's pretty intimidating 
from a, from a continental point of view. Talking of intimidating, if you uh, were watching the other small game this week, you might have been intimidated by some of the tweets. Riley writes, after the performances from Ronaldo and Neymar in the Champions League, do you think that Real Madrid would have been worse off with Neymar had a switch still happened between the two clubs? And Matt says, a PSG basically... Arsenal. The match that you recorded, <laughs> taped over, watched back four times, Jules. Shall we yeah. talk about that one then? Do we have to? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she, first, there's still hope because you lose 3-1 three, three, away from home, then you go home. I think 24% of cases before in that in that context, the, 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 the team that lost in the first leg still go through. You know it's bad when you've gone to know, find the twenty four percent. But no, I, yeah, I do, I do even worse because I go back to nineteen ninety three when PSG lost three one to Real Madrid in the UFA Cup quarterfinals first leg, and then at the Parc des Princes won four one and, and went through. So PSG have done it before and to Real Madrid as well, albeit twenty five years ago. Um, and you know what? I, I don't think there was much in between. I'm not saying first I didn't think it was a very good game of football. I thought, okay, there was a lot of speed, but not enough control considering the players they had, especially both teams in midfield. You thought Verratti, Modric, Rabiot, Cruz would control that game a bit better for their uh, respective teams. Anyway, I didn't think it was a very good game and I don't think there was much in, in between the two teams. I mean, Real Madrid scored one penalty, one goal with a knee and one goal with a shin. And that's that's pretty much it. That's Ariel, it. Harry only made a couple of good saves as well. He, he, he's he did. Busy of, slightly more busy of the two keepers though. But he made a mistake on the second goal, that yeah. cross. I don't know what you think. Yeah, yeah. And but even on the third one, I know Marquinhos deflected first, and then he seems surprised, and he only brushes his feet, his fingers. Yeah, I wouldn't blame him so much for that one. But it's a, that was the one. Um, concern I had over Ariola when, he, especially when he first came to the club, that he has hard hands. He and he pushes the ball back into dangerous areas. Now he's, you know. Very agile. He's he's a great shot stopper, but that is his biggest problem. And up until now, it hasn't really cost him. Yeah, but once, but it's now that it matters, it probably would put it down to him. Shows a lot. It shows a lack of of experience as well from Ariola. I think in that game, from it's a, it's a starting eleven with an average age of twenty four and a half. Real Madrid, for example, is twenty nine and a half. It doesn't mean that because you're younger, you're going to lose. But it shows that after that great save in the first half from Ariola, it's a corner, and they switched off. They switched off. Real Madrid play quick and then Cruz is in the box. Lo Celso put his hand on the on on the shoulder. It's a penalty. Okay, if that's a penalty, the Ramos handball is a penalty as well in the other hand, not long after. But the ref doesn't give this one. So I'm going to rant about the ref a bit later because I'm a PSG fan. <laughs> a Rocky Horror Show. But, Gianluca Rocky. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But those, that inexperience, Bear Shisha left back, first ever start, first ever game in the Premier League, in, in the Champions League, sorry. Uh, Lo Celso in midfield, first ever start in the Champions League so you take risk with young players and sometimes it pays off with Kimpembe sometimes it doesn't Kimpembe makes a mistake on the second goal by sort of like losing the ball when Ronaldo comes pressing I think he, either he gets scared or he anticipates the foul there's no foul because there's no contact he gets rid of the ball and the ball comes back straight at them and, and they score so it was a game where they were so close and in a way so far as well, but there's a two or three counter-attack in the second half that they should have taken better, I think. I'm not sure about Emery's co- coaching <laughs> again. I don't want to bash him because I always do. There, there are plenty of others. Dreadful, he's bloody dreadful. <laughs> the guy annoys me so much. And Zidane, in fairness, his coaching worked much better. So there's still hope, although I would say, and, I, and then I finish my rant, that there's no way PSG can win the second leg 2-0 because Zidane is a very Italian coach 
by essence. He learned everything he knows from Juventus and from Italian coaches. There's no way that a Real Madrid team so experienced as it is could, I think, be beaten 2-0 away from home in Paris. So You don't think Neymar purposely wanted this to happen so he could do what he did to PSG but to Real Madrid in the second leg and lead one of those massive clutch I comebacks I would love it and <laughs> you know what people people criticise him in, in France in the, in, the, in the papers on Twitter people sending me messages I don't think he played that badly no. there were times where he dribbled past the whole team He's just in the last pass or the last decision making he got it wrong there's a couple of times he, he should shoot instead he waits an extra second too much and then try to pass the ball or the shot is blocked. There's a couple of passes where he made all the difference and then it's a bit hit it too, too strongly. I don't think he was that bad. And yet... But, and yet, and the, yet, the Gary, end product is not maybe good Gary, enough. who... I'm just throwing it out like you'll, you'll know Gary. You know Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary. Uh, he says, do the PSG players hate Neymar? Rabiot's comments were surely aimed at him. The comments were, it's all well and good putting eight goals past Dijon, but it's in matches like this that you have to stand up and be counted. Oh. Well, I'm really interested by the dynamic at PSG because before this game, he drops the captain, Thiago Silva, because he's not enough of a leader. He drops Kozawa. They've all had like pops at each other over the last, what, few weeks. Pastore doesn't like Thiago Silva. You're having these Brazilians like Lucas Moura has gone to Spurs. It doesn't seem like a very healthy environment for uh, even with all the talent that they've got, all the money that they've spent. There doesn't seem to be that... Um, that togetherness that I think you need when you go to play at the Bernabeu. Because, I mean, in fairness, for Emery to get the starting eleven wrong, which in my opinion he did, for him to get his substitutions wrong, in, in which he did, for Neymar, in, in Jules' opinion, not to play that bad, the beginning of the final 10 minutes, they had two chances where they could have probably scored the 2-1 and the 3-1, and they didn't. And Real Madrid ended up doing that. So we're talking fine margins. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the injuries, though, with players like Neymar, it's... The, you, if they don't win the game on their own, then everyone thinks they're, they they failed or they haven't played well, and it's just it's not the case, not the case at all. Mm. And, and and another thing about the the team spirit, and I, I never really get the fact that teams to to win competitions and to win cups, they don't have to be living Mates. in each, living in each other's pockets yeah, and, and going out drinking every weekend. Like you know, it's. It, Did you used to have that one teammate who you thought? I don't really like you, but you well, win I, I used to go out every weekend with all my teammates, and that's why we never won anything. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lesson there. You put your hand in your pocket. Yeah. Of course you did. That uh, is a point, though, because uh, Neymar and Ronaldo share the same birthday, and Ronaldo, for his birthday, February fifth, stays at home with the family. Neymar had what three days of partying. <laughs> I two, mean, two days. Misses a league yeah, game. The one is twenty six. The other one is thirty three. So I'm you, not going to call into like professionalism, but no, still. but Ronaldo keeps coming back, keeps doing it. Boom. I just think Real Madrid can raise their game more than better than anyone else. They're never really dead. They're always there, even if they're struggling and they're under pressure, like like they were in that second half. They they find a way, like that block from Ramos on that. Kimpembe shot on the corner he's extraordinary I mean I, I don't really like Sergio Ramos I think he's a bit of a tool but <laughs> that was that was immense and you know the leadership the yeah and the leadership that he shows whether you like him or not you know there was a there was a foul in the first half from Cruz on Mbappe like a bad like it's a bad foul it's a bad foul and Ramos comes over and basically tells Mbappe in whatever language like you, you, you dive. Then you know who are you, and they start like abusing him. And I'm thinking, like, 
this is a leader. And whether you like Sergio Ramos or not, whether you think that he's a bad person because he, you know, he get people sent off in Champions League finals and do things like that, he's a leader. And I think what this PSG team is, is lacking is a leader in that sense or what mm. Ibra used to do. Because when Ibra was there, he kept everybody in line. And, and if someone was not happy, he would sort them out. And right now, Neymar is not happy because Lucas is gone. Neymar is not happy because Thiago Silva was dropped. Neymar is not happy because he thinks Emery is a bad manager. And, and then that creates a lot of unrest in the dressing room, like James very rightly said, and also sort of a bad atmosphere in the dressing room. But they're still in it. I don't know about you, but I've, I've really enjoyed this session today. Thank you Jules, for coming on and, <laughs> and sharing some of your thoughts. therapy session for yes, Jules. Exactly yeah. what it is. And it looks to someone. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm glad you, you've offloaded it on us. Uh, if you want more offloading, but in person, you can join us for the Totally Football Live show in Dublin on Monday, March the 19th. Over half the tickets have now gone. Jules and James are going to be there. And Pat Nevin is also on the panel with his DJ set. Yeah. Any particular tunes you'd all like to spin? <sighs> I'm curious to see what Pat comes out with. I know, me Apparently too. it's a massive night. It right. is massive. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that is the qualification, at which point David looked up uh, from his phone. Where he was <laughs> a massive also, night out, yeah. yeah he, he can enjoy it. Massive with the fans mm. and the team too. So if you want to be there, just head over to ticketmaster.ie for all the information. Shall we talk about the greatest cup competition on the planet? along with the Champions League. The <laughs> FA Cup rolls into the fifth round this weekend. Uh, plenty of, of little delights. And thank you to FA Cup Fact File, who supplied me with lots of different facts about this. Uh, and well worth a look from the extra preliminary round yeah. onwards to and others are available. Any in particular you'd like to pick out? I'd like to look at Sheffield Wednesday against the mighty Swansea. The mainly... Carvajal Derby. Ah, now, is it Carvajal? Because Paul in Philadelphia, go Eagles, some of us were there, don't like to brag, says, you've all been saying Carlos's name as Carvajal, but that is a Spanish pronunciation, and Carvajal is Portuguese. The proper way to say his name is Carvalhal. Yeah. Yal. No, Carvalhal. Carvalhal. Ah, Carvalhal. Mm. Okay. Carlos. Yes. Carlos, yes. He's such a nice man. He would not mind either way. Yes, that's true. However, you could pronounce his name in any way you want and he would still give you Portuguese pastries. You know. I'll come up with a line, like a funny line as well about it, probably. Over the past year, it's sort of been a bit of a novelty, me watching, uh, sitting in on uh, managers' post-match interviews and he's probably been the, the one where... He actually looks like he enjoys being there and he, the, his press office asked to pull him away from... Uh, from from the rest of us, like you know. Do you get to go and have the the one on one conversations with him too? No, I'm not that lucky. Uh, I'm still I'm still working my way up the ladder. Come on, Carl. I think we should. I don't think you need a ladder to talk to him, but I think I think we will make that happen. Has he when he talked about Jules putting the the meat in the barbecue from his from his team and these other lines about swimming from the bottom of the ocean to the top now and nearly nearly reaching the coast? Is the FA Cup? A priority, and or are we going to get that old? Oh, we'll rest a few players because that momentum then won't happen for the league. No, I think the momentum is important. It's important to keep it going as well, you know. And I think a very important match where they win against North County because you know they scored a lot of goals as well, and he, he gave them an extra confidence. Even if you scored against North County, whoever you scored against, it's always good for you and for your own confidence to score goals and to play well. And I think they took that then into the league, and it would be a shame for them to then sort of go back to. To losing and being like, ah, oh, because you're miserable when you lose, even if it's the FA Cup, even, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, especially when it's a lower, lower league team. So, no, I think it's very important for them to keep winning, keep that momentum, that confidence going and then take that form into the FA Cup and then again into the Premier League. Well, for that, you kind of read Brighton. They're up against Coventry as well. One of those teams that, that are on that 
I think we we did last show, there are about 52 teams that, that could still go down out of the, the Premier League. But for Brighton, for Chris Hewton, is that a priority? I think it's an opportunity for them to give some game time to the likes of Jürgen Lockerdia, their big signing in, in January. Um, you know, they signed him with a hamstring injury. Um, Brighton, I think, have done very well to get Glenn Murray to do what he does in the Championship in the Premier League. You know, that was something that was always uh, a question mark about him. Are and you yet, saying he's not a Premier League player? I'm saying he very much is now um, because, you know, there, I think there was some concern. You know, when, they, when the summer transfer window closed and they didn't have the striker, he's shown he can do it in this league and has been very good for them. Um, but I think this will be an opportunity for Lockardia, um and also... Um, Ujoa as well, who they signed in in January, come back to the club. So yeah, I think in that respect, yeah, it's a chance to get these these new players in, integrate them, so they can then have an impact in, uh, in the Premier League. But then again, yeah, Coventry will have something to say about that as well. Yeah, Coventry did all right, didn't they? Uh, beating Milton Keynes in the last round, took over eight thousand with them that day too. Uh, Brighton for for Chris Hewton. I think he's. It takes time, doesn't it, to, to bed in clearly to the the Premier Leagues. It's a bit of a, a break for them. Yeah, it is. I'm really impressed with uh, what he's doing there, Brighton. They've. Uh, I, went, I went down there a few weeks ago to to take a look at their keepers and just interview a couple of them. And and, and they've got a really good setup, especially with the goalkeeping department. They've got a very good scouting network. That's how they end up with Matty Ryan. Somebody I mean, I've talked about him before on this podcast. He's. I think he's a, he's going to be a brilliant goalkeeper. He is a brilliant goalkeeper now, and he, he's just he made his mistakes in the first few weeks, and uh, and he's just getting stronger and stronger. But this weekend, there's a chance for Tim Krill, uh, another chance for him to come back. Who's who's had his trouble, his injuries. He's been here, there, and everywhere the last uh, couple of seasons, and uh, it'd be good to see him back playing as well. But my old manager Mark Robbins at Coventry, he there. Uh, He'll have them set up and be very hard to beat, and that's exactly what he does with clubs. And he's doing a great job. It's it's, it's currently because it could be so easy for them to come down and then just keep plumbing as well. The the the, the circumstances they're in at the moment. Oh, I was just going to ask you about the keepers on the hard hands scale as to where they sit. <laughs> hard hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hotter than Ariola? No, I mean Ariola's probably about. He's a good nine. He's a good nine on the hard hands. Who and, has the hardest hands? Between um, the sticks. Well, I don't know. Probably. Uh, well, I'd, I'd be a good eleven out of ten, mate. To be honest with you, when I was playing. But um, he's got very. Uh, who's got soft hands? Who's got very soft hands? I've got soft, soft hands. hands. Yeah, I've got <laughs> soft hands as well. Yeah. Listen, you don't my, my, do a hard day. What about Hugo Lloris against Juventus? Um, no, do you, do you know what? I think even uh, when, when is a pianist who played the ball in for uh, for Higuain, yeah. it, there's no way he's played that ball in for it to be played first time. Mm. So, and the only person in the whole stadium who's thinking about hitting that first time is Higuain. is Higuain. Nobody else, and it's a surprise factor that hits him there. And the penalty, okay, he gets down. Lois gets down to it, but I think he does really. He didn't get the credit he deserved for the Higuain miss mm. because the fact that he stayed up so long. Quite often you find it, somebody, uh, the same take taking the same penalty, they will go straight down the middle. And that's what Luis, he, he sort of assumed that. Mm. And because Higuain can see that he stood there, he's lifted, he's made him lift the ball even higher. I know James is listening to this right now thinking I'm going to make hard, soft hands a, a regular feature. But just while we're on this, and we'll move back to the FA Cup, Ian says, what's David's option uh, opinion even on Wayne Hennessy? Continued debate amongst Palace fans, he said. He has been better this season. I've been critical of him in the past and he has probably played below the level that's expected of him. He's, he always struggled a little bit at Palace and then went away and played well for Wales and but couldn't translate that back uh, back to league form. But it's it's probably no secret that they were, they were 
desperate to bring in another goalkeeper. I know the Spironi's injured as well. They, they've only got one fit keeper at the moment, so that's a bit of a problem for them. But in terms of Spironi, I know he asks about Spironi there, who's, who's he says he's very reliable. He is, and he's so almost like um, I don't remember Stefan Stefan Kloss at Dortmund. He's very much in the same mould as that. He's a very line keeper. He's uh, he reactions like lightning, but anything uh, apart from that. Um, I'm not saying he struggles with, but he's not uh, not the same level as everyone else in Premier League. And I think that's it's only a matter of time before uh, Wayne gets gets replaced. That is the end of this week's hard hands, soft hands feature. It's nearly the end of Jules as well. Uh, we've got about five minutes left with you. I mean, as much Sorry. as I would like to dig ah, no, deeper, it's because you're off to interview whom? Or are we well, not even allowed to mention that? Yeah, we can. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see it's Barack Jules, Obama. Yeah. No, can, right. Sorry. <laughs> you can watch the uh, the interview before the Chelsea Hull game. On Friday evening in the Champions League. I just the, uh, completely spoke over who you're going to interview. Sorry, Olivier Giroud for, before the Chelsea Hull City. Remember uh, not looking his eyes. Africa. Oh, I know him well. So, lost in those eyes. Yeah, no, no. We, we go back a long way, him and I. That, that's three minutes wasted on sorry, Giroud's sorry. eyes. Sorry. No, I, I, I very much enjoy are it. You, are you a Giroud? Am I, I mean, am physically, I, I mean. Physically. I play, yes, I am oh, Giroud okay, cool. at the weekends. Okay. Uh, that's, that's what I do with my weekends. <laughs> <laughs> What's the sexiest thing happening in France this week then? Well, we still have an amazing race for second, which is a feature that you can find in a lot of um, big big leagues. I mean, in in Italy, you've got a big fight for first and second, so that's a bit different. But in Germany, certainly in England as well, who's going to finish behind City? You know, and same in France, behind PSG, uh, Marseille and, and Monaco now have taken a few points ahead of Lyon, but still, still very much. Uh, Big, big race there. And, and before we let go, what's happening with Balotelli's yellow card that he picked up? They're looking at it. So they're looking at the racist um, allegations that he made, saying that he was racially abused by the Dijon fans. Um, they're looking to, to see if they can find any proof of it. And 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 then, obviously, they would look at, his, at that yellow card. I think it would be rescinded, to be fair. But um, it was a very interesting weekend last week in in France with a you know, with huge game to, to finish it as well and, and it would be another good one and PSG against Strasbourg at home so let's hope there's no hangover from that Madrid defeat. Yeah, Balotelli, of course, booked for complaining about racial yeah. abuse. That's you done. Caroline, you're much better than James Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, classic. Off he goes and there he leaves. Listeners, starting up the Totally Football Show was a hairy business. Fortunately, Cornerstone have been with us every step of the way. Why? Because they're in the business of making hairy things smooth, like your face. Cornerstone's award-winning blades will give you the smoothest shave possible. And their range of balms, creams and exfoliators are all environmentally friendly, alcohol-free and suitable for the most sensitive skin. Head to cornerstone.co.uk slash totally to see the range for yourself, get £10 off your first order and have it delivered right to your door. And you'll find out why tens of thousands of men have switched over to Cornerstone. As Jules walks out the studio, that gives us just a chance to plug another Totally Football quiz on Friday lunchtime. How does it work? Just get yourself over to facebook.com, the Totally Football Show at 12.30 GMT. Prizes this week include a rather nifty shirt from classicfootballshirts.co.uk. It's actually the 2016-17 Fiorentina home shirt, which described as, David, you had a look at this earlier... It's a bit purple with the yellow cuffs. It's beautiful. That's what it is. That's all you need to know. Uh, a signed copy of Rafa Honigstein's book on Jurgen Klopp and a copy of the new Football Manager game. If you want all of that stuff or to be in with a chance of getting any of that stuff, just head to facebook.com, the Totally Football Show, at 12.30 GMT 
on Friday. Right, the rest of the FA Cup, or the rest of the FA Cup, as opposed to the R that I dropped at the start then. Leicester, Sheffield United on Friday night. Outside of Manchester United, Spurs and Chelsea, Leicester... You do have to even take a breath then, David. Leicester are pretty much favourites for this. I'm just going to wipe out the rest of the competition. <laughs> well, if the uh, if they put out the, the full side, they made a lot of changes last time, didn't they? They made 10 changes last time, was it? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it depends what side they put. If they want to put out a strong side, if they want to take it seriously, then yeah. They, they, they could. But don't you go for it? I mean, why wouldn't you? Well, they should do. They're in a comfortable position. Like you said before about... Um, uh, Swansea winning games you know, breeds confidence so why not go for it yeah no I think uh, this is a competition that they should be aspiring to do something in um, and I think they've been actually very impressive so far in the, in the FA Cup you know Kelechi's probably been the player of the, player of the tournament um, so far um, it's just you look at what Sheffield United are doing and they're, they're, they find themselves in a in a different position in that they think do we rest a few players here this, we can push on into the playoffs that is a conundrum a lot of managers, regardless of whether they're in the Premier League, mm. are asking themselves at the moment, which to some extent is a shame for the competition. But you know, it just shows the disparity in financial. You know, getting into the Premier League means more to a club than going deeper in, in, in the FA Cup. Chris Wilde will get it right. At the start of the season, there was article upon article upon article being written about Wilder and, and what a decent manager he was. He'll turn turn stuff around again and, and, and they are sort of picking up those points again yeah and he, he's all any job that comes up now I mean when the Sun and job came up he's linked with that as well and he's just done a fantastic job there and just just going back to the, the point about uh, Leicester wanting to win this you know it, it means more to win uh, to managers at clubs like that than it does to the ones further up we, you know there's been a discussion this week about you know Pochettino you know he, he can't really say anything or praise him too much because he hasn't won anything yet but like people's pointing to, to Arsenal it's, it's not done Arsene Wenger any good winning, winning these cups is it? What about step forward when it's not done anyone any good winning this cup and someone that possibly needs one one Jose Mourinho they're at Huddersfield on Saturday at 5.30 Yeah well they've lost earlier in the season um but again, Huddersfield look at this and think we've got a big Premier League game against West Brom to follow this, which could be decisive in deciding whether they stay up or not. Um, what do we do here? Um, but I think, you know, if you look at uh, some of the players who've started to do well under David Wagner and who will, he'll probably look to rest, the rotation in the strike position from Mounier to De Poitre or something, De Poitre was, you know, was excellent against United in that win um, earlier in the season. So. Yeah, I think a lot will ride on uh, what happens whether he decides to play Paul Pogba or not, and whether he gives in to well, the, the talk this morning that Pogba saying that he's not being played in the right position, he wants to be played further forward. Yeah, there's a there's probably a, a, an element of uh, of truth to that, but I think that's the, the problem with Paul Pogba. I was at the the game the Newcastle game at the weekend, and the problem with Paul Pogba was not where he was playing, it was just how he was playing. It doesn't matter what you play in the pitch, it's, you can still control a ball properly and pass a ball properly. And he did neither of that. And he was actually, it wasn't a, a consequence of them going 1 0 down. They were actually preparing to take more five minutes before Carrick was getting warmed up. So, it, it, so who's, whose problem is that? Is it is that Pogba's or is that Mourinho? I think, or is that a combination? Well, well I think if, you, if you're going to take on Mourinho like that and be so public about it as well, I mean, I don't know where this has come from. I think it was in the Daily Record this morning. But if, uh, if you're going to be that public about things 
you're going to come up against a problem with Mourinho because there's only going to be one winner. It, despite, I mean, yeah, Paul Pogba's you know most expensive player, and it won't mean anything to, to Jose Mourinho. And I think he'll, he'll, he obviously just wants to win games, but he, they're not going about the right way at the moment. I will go so far as to say it, they were awful at the weekend. Even though they can say that Newcastle were, were lucky and and they deserve to win just because of the effort they put in as well, but I think yeah, like so Lukaku and Pogba they were so mm. sluggish. It was uh, it, well, I don't know whether either of them will play this weekend. You're not alone in in that view, and if you want to hear others' views on how United were, were a stinker at the weekend, you can hear that on Monday's show. <laughs> uh, also, yours. James this week, which I hear was the, the best rated podcast of all time. I saw one of the, the tweets in reaction to your performance this week on Golazzo. Yeah, that was from one uh, lovely tweeter who I, I did not pay. <laughs> but yeah, we were very privileged. We uh, had an interview with uh, Asif Kapadia, who's the BAFTA and Oscar winning uh, documentary maker who was behind what Senna and Amy, who's uh, currently... Uh, cutting his latest one, which is on Diego Maradona. So we got to reflect on Maradona's time in uh, Napoli. So, um, so yeah, give it a listen. Well, here's a little taster. There is nowhere more perfect than Naples for Diego Maradona yeah. at that point in time. And that version of Naples, mm. it was a really edgy place then. I mean, the crime and the kind of the gang violence and the kind of Camorra and organised crime violence, it was at a peak, particularly yeah. in the 80s. And then a city that's just coming out of an earthquake... Italy's got loads of money. There's a lot of money being put to rebuild the city, but it's generally it's the place where everyone wants to be. You know, as a filmmaker, if you're lucky, you find a character, you find a story, you just think, well, you couldn't make this up. And then you look at, well, who's playing, you know, at Juve at the time and who's playing for Udinese? You've got Zico. You know, what I love is when you get this archive footage, seeing these players, so Zico pops up and then you'll have, you know, Platini is there. And then a few years later, you're going to have Van Basten and you'll have Hullet in their prime right car Klinsman, you know mm. and the play is unbelievable I did very much enjoy listening to that or will enjoy listening to that depending on uh, when anyone downloads this part of the show <laughs> so what are you James that sounded condescending didn't mean it to uh, talking of condescending you both gave me that look when I talked about about the FA Cup I blooming love the FA Cup mainly because I've been participating in it since mm. uh, the early rounds back in the summer such as did the joy of non-league out? football oh uh, uh, yeah <laughs> but we don't talk about we went out last year I have previously been able to to fill the old balls in the in the velvet bag I've had that that honour and it is a bit of a joy mm. you think of the history that it is steeped with it maybe that's why my love affair with all things FA Cup continues you ever had a, a chance to pull out a draw or done a draw for any cup competition no I've been playing the FA Cup a few times I've probably had my worst moment in my career in the FA Cup as well why I think it was 1997 playing with Darling against Wolves like it was my first game ever on live TV um, Mike Stell pumps a long ball forward there, Wolves goalkeeper and the ball uh, I think it's headed back by Andy Crosby defender and I'm at the edge of my box and I just go to pick the ball up and I've in my in my head I've already thrown the ball out wide to the full back and just as I go to pick the ball up I've come up too early and the ball goes straight through my legs and Mixu Patline just taps it into an empty net I was just uh, YouTubing that as everyone Do you know, it, well, it is, it is actually on YouTube. Go and watch it. It's a joy. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm joy. actually going to have a look at right. it right now. Whilst, whilst I laugh in your face, uh, clearly not publicly, is, is that the one moment that haunts you? Oh, no, there's far too many. It's like a cemetery inside my head. Here is the YouTube clip aforementioned. Um, should we do a new segment, Watch with Preci, 
Right, I've got it on a very cracked iPhone. Oh, the ball comes in. Oh, you are. You are thinking about going home for your supper. He's round you. You've dropped it. I mean, that... Well, that th- I, I haven't actually dropped it because I didn't pick actually pick it up to <laughs> drop it. So technically, like I didn't drop it. the best excuse of all time. Yeah. He didn't drop it, James. Yeah. It just... looks terrible. It is awful. It was awful that season. We, we actually, actually, there was a big thing about we uh, we got a lot of worms delivered from Old Trafford to area the 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 turf. No way. Yeah, it, apparently it's something they used to use at Old Trafford. But to be fair, it was the third goal, and we were already two 0 down. The game was lost anyway. Do you know what I mean? So Head's was, gone yeah. by that stage. <laughs> uh, most watched clip when you search David Priest Darlington on YouTube. Well, that one yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be my incredible save against Bromby when I was playing for Silkeborg. Of course, it wouldn't be that one. No. <laughs> it's not enough time for me to keep googling. Right, we can do that next time I'm in. There are more FA Cup matches to discuss. We have done Leicester, Sheffield United, Huddersfield, Manchester United, Rochdale Spurs is, of course, one of those ones. If you're Tottenham Hotspur fans, you're saying, oh, let's get the excuses in early, as I am a Tottenham Hotspur fan, by saying about the pitch. This is going to be a proper old FA Cup ding-dong roll-out every cliche. Well, they've rolled out a new pitch, haven't they? It's Scotland. Half a million quid they've spent on it, just not just for Spurs, obviously, but I think Keith Hill's side is a football-playing side. That's why they've done it. But, uh, but yeah. That, that's what the FA Cup does for you, at least. Gets you a new pitch. Yeah, and I think Pochettino will be very surprised at the the way that Rochdale play football because, you know, they've maybe struggled this season. He's um, That might be down to the pitch as well, but uh, I had Keith Hill as a manager at Barnsley and he's very innovative in the way that he uh, approaches uh, training. A lot of his training sessions, he was always trying to try something different and, and tweak things. There'd be training sessions where we'd be playing with two balls at the same time. It'd be, uh, we'd do small sided games where there's no there's no bibs so everyone had the same uh, strips on so it, it forced you to, to lift your head and remember who was on your side and every day was, was always different in training even though he, he released me in the season mm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm not bitter <laughs> about it no, you know no, I mean? didn't sound bitter at yeah. all uh, Spurs got to be wary about this well I mean we saw Newport take them to a replay so yeah that's that's the thing with them you know we've had those great performances against Madrid Dortmund and uh, and Juventus, but yeah, this is a completely different proposition. Um, so so yeah, I mean, that is another thing that I looked on at that Spurs performance in Wonderwood because they've had they had to have that replay. They had another they had another game in the fixture list, mm. um, which which you know does nothing for your uh, rest and recuperation. But uh, so yeah, they'll pr- they'll be looking to probably avoid having to do that again against and Rochdale. I think Harry Kane in in one of his post match interviews post Juve, one of the first thing he says is. We've got the FA Cup this weekend. They know the importance of it and, and wanting to play in it too. Well, yeah, the chances are he will play because he's, uh, I think he played the last two rounds. He's played against, uh, certainly against Wimbledon as well. And for all that people uh, you know, say that Pochettino has a money thing or that he doesn't take, uh, especially the, the, the Cup seriously, he's, he puts out strong sides, real strong sides. And I think the fact that uh, that uh, Youngman's son didn't, pl- didn't start the game during yeah, the week. as well. Yeah, so they'll probably start as well. So it's not like they're sending out a, going to be sending out a weekend side. Never previously competed against each other in the FA Cup. This is the hundredth time Rochdale have been in the FA Cup, but only the third time they've ever made it to the fifth round. They've now won 16% of all the FA Cup games they've ever won in the last five years. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. I know. Yeah. I didn't write it, uh, but I did read it. Thank you, FA Cup fact for Manchester City on the road at Wigan. Wigan always a tricky place to go. 
and yet City depth in squad. I mean, I could just give you all your answers for you, but 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 James is again one of those that City will look at and pff, could be a worry over it if they yeah. can do the quadruple. I mean, you look at um, some of the the games which they've had the most problems with this season. They've actually been in domestic cup competitions. You know, you think about Bristol, you think about uh, Wolves. Um, so yeah, again, this is this is a, this is a game that they they won't be taking lightly from that point of view. I'd say. Christian Walton, another good young goalkeeper. He's on loan from Brighton. You know, mentioned the Brighton's goalkeeping department before. He's uh, he's performed very well from and uh, if if they're going to get anything out of this game, he's going to have to do it again. Uh, Jules, before he he left, high fiving you all, spoke briefly about Chelsea up against Hull City. Winners against the the runners up. Both clearly have, have been there and and done it. Hull need a bit of a respite this. Well, fans need a bit of a respite this season. Well, I mean, could be a double relegation for them, um, which. Yeah, I think uh, Leonard Slutsky, their uh, previous manager to Nigel Adkins coming in, uh, yeah, anticipated because I think yeah he was he was worried about the lack of business that they were doing in in the summer. Um, there are what three Chelsea loan players in that squad? Yeah, because he thought because of his relationship with uh, Roman Abramovich, you know, he mm. could help bring those kind of uh, that caliber of player in. Um, but even under Adkins, they haven't had that kind of new manager bounce. They've won at the weekend against Forest, but um, yeah, it's 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 very worrying for them. I wonder if we're going to get a, a double relegation. I wonder if it's ever happened before. A double relegation from um, Holland, Sunderland from the Premier League last season, and then again this season. I don't think I'm, I can't have happened before. Can what I? a double double relegation? A double double. Yeah. Double double trouble for for both of them. That's really poor. And I apologise <laughs> on behalf of my family and me and everyone else included that just had to listen to that. Who would that hurt more, Sunderland or Hull? Oh, Sunderland definitely. I mean, you so- don't think they got enough resources to then ping back up? No. Not even not in at League One. Even if they stayed it, even they stay in the Championship this season, which is looking highly unlikely now. I mean, I'm a Sunderland fan. It's difficult to be to positive about anything at, at the moment, about their situation. And if they uh, even if they stay in the Championship next year, they they're still going to have a a budget available to them that's sort of I don't know would be struggle to get them out of uh, League One. So it's you can hear. The, yeah, the should we brighten things up? Go on then. For fans no, of West talk, Brom and Southampton to go up against each other. I mean, if ever there was one that needed a, a bit of a relieving from a kicker, that's West Brom Southampton, isn't it? Well, the, the winner of this game is going to be one who's the least worst. <laughs> Which will be? Um, I mean, that's right up there with the soft hand, hard hand. It, it, it is. I'm, 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 I was at the, the Chelsea West Brom game at, at, uh, on Monday night, and West Brom didn't play too badly. They didn't. It didn't look like a side who would sort of. Um, who were down and out? They they still like they've got they've got they have got a little bit of quality there. Ben Foster's probably playing as as well as he has done in the the last few seasons. He, he can be he can rightly be mentioned sort of maybe being able to sneak at the World Cup squad. It depends what happens with uh, with Joe Hart really. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Southampton. It's the minute Pads we talk all... Sunderland, it's, it's all gone down there. We're going to be depressed now, aren't I? Yeah, we're a jelly baby. Yeah. Oh. Pards loves this competition. Yeah. You know, with Palace, West Ham, he's gone deep in it. Um, remember, they played a fortnight ago. Um, Southampton beat them at the Hawthorns 3 2. That was a Southampton side that, up until then, had really struggled to score goals. Um, I didn't think that West Brom were all that bad against Chelsea on Monday night, but it is a problem that you then lose Daniel Sturridge after what? The game had just kicked yeah. off, and then he's now going to be out. So the the striker you brought in to hopefully score you the goals to keep you up is now out, and the striker who could fire you into the next round is out as well. So, yeah, I, that's uh, that's a, that's a problem. What I would say about Southampton is, surely Premier League survival means an awful lot to them. 
they've been to a Wembley, they've been to a cup final what, only last year. Does this, do, what, where, where do their, their priorities lie? But, you know, I think um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Southampton as well, maybe on this. Yeah, well. I mean, the, the only thing that's uh, differentiated sides really, or that West Brom have got in their favour is they, they do look like they've, they've got a bit of fight in them. And, and that's been the biggest problem with Southampton. That's why they've, they've seen the, the the fans sort of um, the displeasure from the from the stands simply because they, they haven't they've lacked fight. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't matter how good you are if you haven't got that, then you know, you, you're not going to win football matches. And, but, uh, and, and as James said, West Brom do have the secret weapon, which is Pards. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I mean, if you're going to be if you're going to be correct about Pards, you've, uh, his nickname is actually Handsome. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Well, it is my house, anyway. <laughs> On that yeah. note, time to get the odds from Paddy Power with Ian McIntosh. Thanks, Caroline. I'm on the line now with Amy Jones, making her Totally Football Show debut from Paddy Power. Amy, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Excellent stuff. Uh, loads of things I need to ask you. First of all, Carlos Carvajal, having such a great start with Swansea. Uh, FA Cup tie this weekend. What are his chances of getting him to the final? Well, he's obviously come in and he's absolutely smashed it. I think he, he's got about 14 points in seven games in the league. So, you know, you can't knock that. But uh, 16 to 1 he is to get to the final. But I think to myself, well, you know, you've had such a good go. Why not? Why not go for it? Go get past his old team first, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And um, uh, Coventry, uh, they're still in it as well. Not doing so well in the league. Slipped off a bit in recent weeks. But what can we get on them to beat Brighton in the FA Cup and party like it's 1987? Well, the big outsiders are 17 to 2. But, you know, if there's any competition that it's going to happen in, it's definitely the cup, so why not? Um, Rochdale, uh, can they follow Juventus's lead and uh, take an early lead against Spurs uh, this weekend on the off chance that game actually goes ahead? Yeah, so the 5-1 to one to uh, take the early lead, which obviously, if the game was anything like the events game in the week, I don't think we'd be complaining. So, Absolutely. And um, I'll tell you who's had a bad week, Alan Pardew. Um, not only was he walloped 3-0 by Chelsea at the beginning of the week, but that boardroom has been cleansed. The board clearly not very happy. What are the odds that he can even see out the season? Well, West Brom have only won one of their last 25 Premier League matches, so it's not looking good for them. And he's 7-2 uh, to two now not to be the manager on the final day of the season. Thanks to Ian and to Amy, of course. You can find out those odds and more at paddypower.com. 18 plus only, begambleaware.org. And when the fun stops, stop. Thank you to Jules, who's been mainly the silent partner uh, for this ending, and, and why wouldn't you be? To James and to David, too. If you want to get in touch with the show, thank you to everyone that has at The Totally Show. James is back next week from his curling adventures. It's been a delight, though. Thank you. The Totally Football Show is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. <laughs>